I don't know if any of you noticed, but our psychic powers kicked in again. Because this past week, before our most recent episode went live, we briefly made a joke about sea shanties. Oh my god, we did! I thought we did that on purpose! No, because it was, remember, we recorded it weeks before sea shanties were suddenly a thing for five minutes? Yeah, what, yeah. What the, about the, sea shanties? Sea shanties. They were the big on Space TikTok for a second, I guess. Yeah, yeah. and then on Deep Space Nine, uh, Worf and all the people on the Rotaran were singing war shanties. songs. Space shanties. Space and shanties. I and I said Starfleet should bring back shanties, and uh, so yeah. Next so next thing you know, the mooch, sea shanties. If only I could predict like lottery numbers. That would be great. Yeah, we all know the lottery's rigged. Mm. But it should be rigged for me. Ships rigging. Sea shanties. Sea shanties. Bernie <laughs> mittens. Welcome to A Star to Steer Her By, a Star Trek podcast, episode 207! Holy shit. My name is Caitlin, and joining me today are... Jake, Chris, and Ames. And we're here today to discuss the final episode of season five of Deep Space Nine, Call to Arms, and then we're going to do a little a little top and bottom wrap up, you know, like we never do. Oh, no, wait, always do. I always get those two mixed up. <laughs> I'm a top. I'm a side. I'm a bottom. Which side? Whichever side I need to lay on so my hip doesn't hurt. God. <laughs> good one. Good, that was good. Uh, that also, good. it's true. He has bad hips. Well, one they bad don't hip. lie. Just one bad hip. <laughs> yeah, they don't lie. And what they're saying is, Because Chris is a Klingon warrior who has died. <laughs> No, someone else has died. He's just telling Stovacor to watch the fuck out. All right. In Call to Arms, holy fuck, a whole lot of things happen. So many things. Most importantly, though, Rom and Lita finally tie the knot. Is that important? No, no, no. <laughs> I just wanted to get out of the way. Okay, oh, good. And, Thank you, Kate. And uh, Benjamin officiates. Garrick makes the wedding dress. Or does he, actually? No, probably, no I, probably not. I think she just wore whatever she had at hand. Yeah, because it and definitely got moved up. And Quark acted angry, but was secretly happy. Well, that's basically the episode. We got uh, an engagement, too. Yes. What, what? We got Jadzia and, and Worf that's getting engaged. way later. Oh, yeah, that's true. Jadzia was like, hey, don't die and we'll get married. And Worf is like, boing. Boing. Uh, boing. Yeah, you're right. Twice. It's like a tuning fork. Or uh, is that what I meant? Tuning fork? Is that what I'm talking about? It's got two things. You whack it on a table. You whack it on something and it makes a a noise for a while. Yeah. Tuning fork. Anyway. All right. So what happens in this episode? The Dominion have been sending loads and loads and loads of ships through the wormhole. And Benjamin's like, well, this shit will not stand. Let's set up a bunch of self-replicating mines and blow those motherfuckers up. And they're like, sounds great. But the Dominion hears it and they're like, uh, sorry, doesn't sound great to us. And he's like, what? And they're like, maybe we can come to some kind of agreement. I'll go talk to my people. I'll have my people call your people. I'm sure we can work out some peace. That's Wayun, by the way. He says those things. And then he leaves. And (laughs) Benjamin (laughs) is like, this is bullshit. We need to get ready right now. Hey, you guys have two hours to do that mine thing. And Jadzia's like, we need like two weeks. And O'Brien's like, this is no time to be scottying around. We don't have two weeks. We have two hours. So it's going to take three. Fuck. (laughs) 
Meanwhile, Martok is flying his fleet around, buying them some time. Jake Sisko is a real boy, by which I mean journalist. Benjamin is like, hey, tell uh, tell Bajor to go ahead and sign that no, no aggression, non-aggression pact. And uh, oh, he also has something special for the ship. So uh, once they they try to hold off the Dominion as long as they can. And then Benjamin's like, all right, well, we're going to leave. And uh, he uh, blows everything to shit. Operation Cisco. All the computers blow up. And uh, what did you say, Jake, when that happened? Did oh, say- I said I said rip pup. Oh, pup was in there. Pup is dead now, guys. R.I.P. Pup. Bye, pup. See ya. I said, and then O'Brien like stopped and it was like uh, a million voices all cried out at once. You know, like Star Wars, because the station died and he's gonna have to fix it <laughs> eventually. eventually. But yeah, so Kira and Odo and and Quark are in charge of the station. Starfleet out. They did have some Starfleet victory where they, I don't know, they like blew up a ship, ship a building, shipyard yeah. area the Dominion was, you know, doing. So that was good. Gal Dukat sort of doesn't seem to understand that he's not allowed to just rape Bajor again. Uh, I think everything's going to turn out fine. Yeah, it all looks great. That's <laughs> Bajor's it. not in the Federation. It's my dream. <laughs> it's pretty much, that's actually really, that's the episode, I think. Yeah, but you gotta, you gotta admit, like federation priorities it's like all right we're gonna take out a shipyard meanwhile it's like occupation two bejor boogaloo it's like well that and they they hung ds9 out to dry i know yeah, isn't that supposed to be the most important fucking yeah. thing in the yes. whole fucking galaxy universe There's a wormhole quadrant right like, there teeming like, with enemies the fact that you got their shipbuilding facility is good because the wormhole has been mined. So now they can't build new ships and new ones can't come through. But if they hadn't pulled off the mining, your little, like, shipyard victory would have been fucking pointless. Yeah. Yeah. And it was also never communicated. Like, I got so angry. So we get this lampshade of a moment of a, this is why you're only seeing the major characters of the show. Because Starfleet says... Oh, we're not going to send you reinforcements. You're on your own. To which I'm saying, what? No, that's a, that's the stupidest idea I've ever heard. And the other thing, like one thing, and I guess this is the issue of having sort of a series running simultaneously with a film series is like, at no point has anyone really mentioned that they're probably still theoretically recovering from the losses they suffered during the events of First Contact. Mm. Which, you know, that would have made more sense. Just like, we're out of ships. Because we lost so many defending Earth in that movie you may or may not have seen. They go out of their way in Deep Space Nine to not mention First Contact, like, plot. I was just wondering how that could possibly be. Yeah, because again, you'd think that... It's a big deal. Yeah, like, a lot of their issues presumably stem from the fact that a lot of ships kerploded a few months ago. I mean, you not even f- a like, small headline in the newspaper that's bet- like between, the board cube between Wolf three five nine and the first contact battle. Like they, they really must be stretched pretty thin. That's the thing; they probably barely recovered from Wolf three five nine, and then first contact happened. I mean, because it's not just the ships; it's the personnel. Yep. Like considering how much training uh, yep. 
it takes to, to make a Starfleet, you know, crew. Yeah, they must be. Maybe that's why Nog got in. You know, when when <laughs> Wesley did, they were when Wes, when Wesley applied, they didn't need more recruits. But now it's just like, yep, get them I in. Mean, I, pack I imagine. Them in. I imagine. Can't read. Are, fuck it. I imagine that you know, even if they haven't necessarily made it easier to get into the academy, I'm sure they're really pushing enlistment right now. You know, yes. it's like. Hey, just a reminder, you don't actually have to go to the Academy. Come be an O'Brien. Uh, They're going to start a draft? That'd be scary. I don't know, maybe. Yikes. Maybe that's why Jake stuck behind on the... Oh, yeah, yeah that's good. I was going to say, like, because it seems a little unusual that suddenly Jake is a journalist. I mean, it makes it makes some sense. Because at least, I mean, yeah, it's a bit last minute, plot-wise. Yeah, maybe. A bit convenient. But it does feel like a thing that, you know, because I feel like that's sort of just one of those old kind of stereotypes is the sort of would-be writer who's like, shit, I need a real job. It's like, hey, I can still be a writer and have a real well, job. But good well, news, also, I mean, that he means... Does, he's done journalistic stuff before, you know, his his oh, the yeah. thing with the, uh, the battle. His profile on Julian. Yeah. yeah. Soft that journalism. Makes sense. He's got some He's got some cred there. Yeah, he's got he's got that that gave him a taste for it, I guess. Well, and plus, what was I actually really liked that we had a little bit of a callback to that episode with him, like helping Julian in the oh yeah the med bay, handing out first handing out supplies to everybody, and then being like there for triage. Though and we then didn't, watching we didn't some get crazy to see man any. die in a trench. Yeah, the question really that stems from this is how the hell did he spell Bashir the first time? Two E's. Oh yeah, good point. Because Julian reminded him how to spell it, which tells me the original story spelled it wrong. Two E's and an X. B A X E E R. Ooh. But yeah, this this was interesting because it really was sort of a lot of thematic elements that they've been building, kind of. Yeah, luckily they've killed off the Makimai now because that would just be too many things. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. can we just t- take a minute to acknowledge just how many? recurring characters showed up this All episode yeah except for win win is like <laughs> the only one who didn't yeah but like we had you know we Wayun. had every wayun Ducat, damar yeah um we had uh garrick uh zial, Rita, zial. oh god and zial and the garrick uh, yeah. kissed yeah. rom nog i mean they're they're i mean they're technically recurring characters i guess jake even though yeah. he's in the main, the main, the opening credits. Oh, and Morn only showing up in a couple episodes. Morn yeah. and Martok. Martok. Mm. Yeah, yeah really we're all out for this one. Yeah, I mean it's the end of a season. You got to kind of go out with a bang and then a giant battle. Yeah. And I was also reading up. So the writers have basically said like they like doing season endings more like this than like a cliffhanger. Yeah. Because this kind of episode sets up the whole of the sixth season. Like, yeah. we're going to be dealing with this shit for many episodes to come. Whilst, like, a cliffhanger ending, you know, like, Best of Both Worlds, which is a great cliffhanger episode, it ends and then you wrap it up the next episode. Yeah. And and I think a complaint we often had is Trek doesn't always stick the landing on cliffhangers. Correct. Like, even Best of Both Worlds, like, the first episode and the way it ends is amazing. And then the second half's not quite as good. Well, yeah, especially since the big cliffhanger there was the the the, the fire line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, yeah. you know, it just, the, the missile just bounced off, you know? Yeah. Well, they also, when they're writing season-ending episodes, then the the writers tend to go on a break. 
So they yeah. end the season, they go on a break, then they come back and clean up the mess they've made. Yep. Yep. Oh, and wasn't, I think, wasn't part of the issue with First uh, first Contact. Best of both worlds, world. that, like, the writer didn't think he was coming back. Yeah, so yeah, was Michael Miller like, was like, I might be gone. Good luck, assholes. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think I personally like these better, too. It's like, it like, there's a story that is, there, there's a conclusive ending while setting up, like, here's what we have to deal with when we come back. Yeah, and you know that you know, they, they are going to get back to the station. Yeah. Like it's not. There's a baseball now. They have there's to. No, there's no mystery that, oh, I guess they're just on the ship now or something. But yeah, but now it's a question of, you know, how, how do they do when? it? How long is it going to, yeah, you know, long? will it be, yeah. will it be at the very beginning of next season or is it going to take a few episodes? That's a, or? that's a very funny story, actually, because I guess, um. They had already, the, the writing room had kind of already prepared a little bit what how they would open up season six. Mm. And then they realized when they saw the final moments of this episode that they just got fucking boned by the effects department. Because, oh. so we see in the last ep- last moments of the, of the episode, the Defiant and the Rotaran go fly along and join up with the massive fleet yeah. that just came back from destroying, what, Tauros 3. Yeah. And not helping them at all. Fuck you guys. And that was supposed to be the end of the episode right there is two ships join a bigger fleet of ships. The end. But what the effects department read that as, because, you know, it's, it's a logical leap to say, okay, the fleet is coming to meet up with, the, coming towards Deep Space Nine. These two little ships are going away from Deep Space Nine. So when they join up with them, they're going to have to turn around. So the end moment that we see is the Defiant and the Rotaran turning around, heading back towards Deep Space Nine, and the writers realized, oh, that means they're going to be right back here at the very top of the next episode, which we were not planning for. Son of a bitch. (laughs) They always could have ignored it, but yeah. Maybe they're going out for ice cream first. I don't know. Well, the other thing is, uh, that fleet was two days away. We don't actually know which way it was pointed. Yeah. They, they, you know, turn around, it turns out they're actually orbiting Breen. Yeah, there's big war now. They yeah. could be going anywhere, doing any kind of war shit. Yeah. Yeah, but so, so many ships that we see. And I know, like, this was one of the last uses of physical models in Deep Space Nine. I think the the, the first episode of season six is, like, when they stop, you is, like, the last that we really see physical models, and they really transfer to CGI. Oh, dear. So this episode is just like a mix of CGI and physical models and was a lot of fucking work. I can imagine. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because I know like in the fleet, you've got like a mix of TNG and, you know, oh, yeah. there's, there's like a couple of galaxies. I spotted there's a bunch a from of... First Contact. And those, I think, were never models. So I think you're right. Yeah. So those all had to be the CG ones. There was, you know, some Excelsiors, some Mirandas. Those could have been a mix, because one of the Excelsiors looked a little weird, and I kind of wondered if it was a CG. Yeah, I, I know was in that final we didn't scene. see, like, we saw a lot of uh, Galaxy-class ships in that fleet. Yeah. I was, mm-hmm. I was a little surprised that, A, there are so many Galaxy-class ships still. Well, yeah. they have um, to send families off to get killed in battle. I was going to say, but I thought we'd see more of the Sovereign-class and the Intrepid-class, just since those have been established now. Yeah. I feel like you don't really ever see a Sovereign. I, I think no. the problem is they're afraid people, if people see a Sovereign, they're going to assume it's the Enterprise. True. But all you have to do to avoid that is just have two. <laughs> ah, true. One of them, at least one of them isn't the Enterprise. Yeah. One of them green. <laughs> yeah. So I know in that final scene. Fuck it. 
um, that the Defiant and the Rotaran are CGI because there was just no way to do a a tracking shot with models of them doing the turnaround because there's yeah. nowhere to mount the things. Yeah. So yeah. we'll see how they do with CGI going forward, I guess. Just imagining the turnaround, I know we've already seen it, but it's like really shitty, like from the show Reboot, and it's just like... <laughs> like really, well, really you, slow, clearly like... not seen early season Babylon 5. I haven't, Because no. that's... that's they, Babylon 5 was notable as being like one of the first shows to, to only do CG for their uh, spaceships. But that's aged well. No. Yeah, it was, no. That was definitely it's, it's like one of the it's one of the reasons why I've had such a hard time. Like I've wanted to watch Babylon Five for a long time, and I just had a really hard time getting past well, how, you know how, how, how poorly it. the CG has aged. Save Babylon Five because if this if if Star Trek ever ends sometime thirty years from now, we'll need something to be podcasting that's, about. That's fair. Well, they actually just lost one of their major actors this week. Huh. Uh, Babylon Five. Uh, one of the like, I guess, main actors from it just passed away. She was only sixty-five. That's sad. Yeah. God, I was actually thinking because yeah, I was actually thinking about the fact that we're coming up on DS Nine CG, and some of it has not aged well. Oh, and uh, no. I was thinking of Have any of you seen the last Starfighter? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Nope. Uh, it was a late '80s science fiction movie. I never saw the first Starfighter, so I wouldn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, it was one of the first movies to use a lot of CG. Uh, and by a lot, I mean, I think it used maybe 15 minutes. But, you know, this is the it's late 80s. Lot. That's still yeah. asking a lot of editors when they haven't done this Sonic thing before. Yeah, it just, you know, nowadays we're fucking 95% of a movie is CG. 15 minutes doesn't sound like much. But, oh boy, it has not aged well. Is, is The Last Starfighter Fighter late 80s? I feel like it's early 80s. Is it? I don't know. I'm going to look it up. Let's see. Okay. Enjoy. But, uh, but yeah, it's funny because there's actually, I was thinking like. 1984. Right wow. Well, it's mid 80s. So, but I thought it was like 88. So, yeah. but yeah, now the CG from that has not aged well. But I was also thinking of it because I feel like in this episode, like Wayun and uh, Ducat had those big bulky shoulder mounted like display things. Yeah, I got very confused by those. How do they work? I think they're supposed to just be, like, their own personal view screens, and presumably yeah. they're, like, beamed right in their eye or something, like we've, a Google we've, Glass. We've mentioned them before in the show. Oh, I missed it, so explain They found, they found them because they, yeah. they noticed that, oh, there's no view screen. Oh, they must use these things. Okay, but so I, they want beam directly into your eyes, or? Probably. Is it, like, like, Google a heads Glass? Up display. Yeah, yeah it said, might be yeah. more like a Google Glass. Okay. Well, how are they projecting? How are they projecting themselves? There's just cameras somewhere. I don't know. It's fucking yeah. That doesn't make a lot of Star sense. Trek. How but, does uh, how does it how do there must be cameras on the other ships too? That's right? all, well, like, you assume it's kind of like you know a laptop where is, where the camera's right above the view screen or something. Uh, maybe, maybe them appearing on view screens is just so that the audience understands it and it isn't really happening. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's all theoretical and it's just for us idiots. Mm. But um, but I feel like don't they. Make those less bulky going forward. Yeah, they get they get smaller. I think when we say because I feel like in the last Starfighter they have very similar little like little plastic eyepiece things that a lot of them wear, and I was like, I feel like I remember them looking more like that. Well, it was making me think of the thing that the thing that uh, Luke has at the end of 
A New Hope kind of that he turns off. Oh, his like periscope thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, they had to slim those down because you could tell that like both. Um, I can't think of their real names at the moment, but Ducat and Wayun. Thank you, Margalemo and uh, Jeffrey Combs. Jeffrey Combs. They they both kind of like leaning away from it, like this fucking thing. He's poking me in the ear. <laughs> and they are very distracting as an audience member. Yeah, a little bit. It looks like you got like just a crane sticking out of your shoulder. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And only the Vorda and Dukat in this case, but prop on a normal ship with just Vorda and Jem Hadar, I'm guessing only the Vorda. Maybe the first. Yeah, maybe the first, I was gonna say. Is this Gar- Cardassian technology or Dominion technology? Do we Dominion? Do we know? It's Dominion okay. because we see it it's introduced for the ship. Although they oh, also the clearly ship. Okay, yes, you're right. They clearly installed at least one other regular panel though because Damar was reading off of something and he didn't have a shoulder crane. Hmm. Uh, speaking of fun props and what the fuck they were, I read that the mines that they were planting mm-hmm. were actually composters from a gardening catalog. <laughs> mm. Nice. Oh, I love stuff like that. That's a fu- That was a fun detail. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, overall, like, a lot of stuff happens this episode. So but much. it's 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 like what was the one last week or or last season Broken Link, where it's mostly setting up for the next season, where it doesn't really feel like an episode. It just feels like you're putting a lot of pins up at the end of a bowling alley. Mm. I mean, there's some, and it's a great bowling alley. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting because it's also some amount of payoff. Because I mean, it's like. They've been building to this, really theoretically, since they introduced the Dominion. Mm. Yeah. Like, we knew eventually this was coming, and I forgot how long they let it properly simmer. Like, only when it finally happens, you're like, Jesus, they've been building to this for ages. Yeah, they have. And that's ballsy. Like, to take a series that, you know, is following on from two shows that aren't really serialized, and this one isn't fully serialized, but to have, like... You know, like, theoretically, you could mostly watch TOS and TNG in almost any order and basically be fine. Yeah. With TOS this one, more than TNG, though. Yeah. Like, TNG had a like, bit more internal continuity, certainly. You know what it is, I think, honestly, is that TNG can be split into, like, pre-Locutus and post-Locutus. Because yeah. Because I feel like that's the thing that gets brought up a lot. Yeah, that's a good point. But um, with this one, like, you could really, if you just jumped, if you jumped in now, you'd never seen a DS9, you put this on, you'd be like, the <laughs> fuck? You'd be like, oh, this isn't Star Trek. Ooh. <laughs> oh, sorry, wait. <laughs> I don't like, understand yeah. how people don't like this series. I was just saying that to Chris, like, it's the best. This is the best Star Trek, and people I that mean, don't like it are wrong. I would, I, to, in those people's defense, I would say, if you are into the story of the week, monster of the week style of Star Trek. Or, There's only know, an occasional episode of that. Yeah. yeah. And, After the first season. But and, you, you know, like, also I think but that you there's... you can like those things and still like the series. Well, yeah, you can. But I think the other thing people really liked about TOS and TNG is that sense of exploration where, you know, they're, you know, oh, you know, we're going out to strange new worlds. Um... Yeah, that's and strange this one, we're like static. always the same quarry and we're always meeting like extremely humanoid aliens like yeah I don't well know. of course i just feel i, I don't know i don't but mean I, to... I i mean i agree with you i think i think ds9 is is tops 
But um, it really I, I understand where those people come from. It's yeah, really like because I, I can see like it was hard too, especially because this started while TNG was still going, and it's like, wait, you're just gonna have two shows that are about essentially the same thing? So they're kind of between a you know in a rock and a hard place. Like, well, we can't just have another show that's about just exploring because then it's like, why split resources between two shows? Why not just pick one? And yeah, like I think. You know, the first season or two was a lot of, like, you know, it's still, in a way, weird stuff, but it has to come to them. Yeah, like Pup, who's yeah. dead now. Yes. Good riddance. Well, but plus, like, I mean, honestly, though, this show is, ex- like you said, them, it coming to them, but it isn't just that. They're, like, they're the ones who are getting to know the Gamma Quadrant. No one else is getting to know the Gamma Quadrant, and, like, sure, they don't spend a lot of time there, but they're still having to deal with what is coming from, like, having made a connection to this new part of their world, you know? I yeah, know. yeah. I mean, I can see why people would think, like, they'd rather have spent maybe more time in the Gamma Quadrant, which, who knows, maybe that had been the idea, but then they hit upon this sort of course they wound Isn't up on. kind of fun not knowing? I don't know. I, uh, eh. You know, well, and then Voyager sort of tries to do, like, all right, well, let's do exploration again, but with a twist. Um, well, and they're concurrent. Are they on by now? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. like, fine. So that's good. So you can have both. You can have your cake and eat it, too. Yeah. I just but think, I, like, like, especially the tone. The tone yeah, of the tone is so Deep different. Space Nine, like, once we really start learning about the Dominion, it starts getting, like, very serial, and it starts getting occasionally repetitive, I'll say. Mm. Where it's like, oh, there's Jem'Hadar fighting us again. Boop, boop, boop. Shoot him with phasers. Go invisible for a minute. And yeah, I, think, I would agree that the the space fights are like the least interesting thing. But yeah, and we're we're in the middle of war now, so I'm a little concerned because I don't remember much of season six. So it's like, uh, do I really just want to watch war for several episodes? But I I know like all the characters are what they get like the most right, and I'm really invested in all of these characters, and now they're split up, which is interesting. Yeah. I'm really excited to see the relationship between Wayun and Odo. Ooh, like, that would I, I don't, be fun. I don't know how long, like you said, like how long Cardassians and or Dominion folk are even going to be on Tarak Nor. Hey. But, hey. Isn't, Love it. Didn't you Love mean Tarak Nor? The fuck out of here, Gul Dukat. Mm. Um, yeah, and come to my room. Disgusting, sexy <laughs> bastard. Anyway... <laughs> Accurate. Stup- That's the perfect description. Of stupid, sexy Flanders. Is that <laughs> what you're gonna say? No, I was going to say stupid, sexy Ducat. Yes. Yeah. So, but um, but yeah, just the the way Wayun. Uh, reacted to Odo's presence. Yeah. I feel like that's going to be really interesting and funny. It is kind of funny because Jeffrey Combs is hilarious. Mm. And Odo's like, I'm not. not I'm not one of your leaders. <laughs> the other thing that's going to be interesting is to see how like how much more obvious Ducat is about, like, I don't give a fuck about your non-aggression pact with the Bajorans because he's already made it, like, abundantly clear that his whole thing is, no, I really just want to fuck Bajor again, literally and figuratively. And it's gonna be, I don't know, that's gonna be, like, interesting, because I just feel like Ducat can't not be duplicitous. No. So yeah. it's like, you know, he's, he's, he's with the Dominion right now because it's convenient but eventually i feel like he's definitely gonna make his move yeah how much of what wayun said about cardassia being like starving and sad do we think was true when he was talking to benjamin about that oh that's a good question i don't know 
Yeah, it's impossible to tell because, like, Weyoun's a liar. But on the other hand, like he says, Cardassia is super proud. Yeah, it's and very, could... very North Korea-y, where it's like, on the outside, they can only show strength. Whilst yeah. the inside, like, everyone's crumbling and starving. Well, I feel I... like I feel like they were trying to... So, you know, the arc we have for Cardassia is they have, you know, sort of the military rule that goes up, you know, and there's the... the and that goes all the way until and a little bit after the war with the Federation. And then we, we're told that there's a civilian government put in place, and they're the ones that, that you know, throw Dukat out on his ass. And then sexy, now sexy Dukat's ass. back with a vengeance. And I feel like they're really going for, like, a Weimar Republic. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. You idea that before, with, with the civilian right. government. Yeah. Which, you know, if... The, the biggest issue with, or one of, there were many issues, but one of the biggest issues with the Weimar Republic was how economically depressed Germany was. Yeah, they but, had, you know, hyperinflation worse than anyone. Yeah. So, and it kind of sowed the seeds, or, you know, at least laid the groundwork on which, you know, the Nazis were able to rise to power. I feel yeah. like they're really going for that parallel with Cardassia. Yeah. It's a good one. A and little, certainly, little more po- like it's very political. Yeah, but it's it can be interesting because also like it's it's politics through these characters. Yeah, who are all like they've done a good job so far with Ducat specifically, I believe, just in terms of making him both evil but consistent at the same yeah. time. That's exactly what I was going to say. He's consistent because at the end of the day, with Ducat is what's best for me. Mm-hmm. Yep. Everything he does, if looked at through the lens of what is best for me, every one of his decisions pretty much, I think, makes sense. Yeah, and even, like, you can tell already that he, that he was not entering this deal with the Dominion in good faith. Oh, not they, at all. They were a means to an end for him. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And, you know, he's probably happy, if anything, that the Dominion shipyards are destroyed and the wormhole is mined because it means that That'll you know the Dominion, like he's now here. got more power here than than the rest of the Dominion. Yeah. Yep. You know, um, he's re- if anything, he's lucky because he probably bit off more than he could chew until this happened. Yeah. Hmm. Like I think he maybe did somewhat underestimate their deal. So he would definitely never admit it. Oh no, God oh, no! This is his plan all along. But I also don't think he's re- like I don't think he realized it even necessarily. Probably not. It's hard to say. He's nothing if not arrogant. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I was going to mention our our other friends who are left at the station because they do something that I kept thinking was going to end differently when Kira and Odo start interacting. And it's awkward as fuck because I realized since Children of Time, they haven't talked. They haven't done a fucking thing together in the show. Sounds like everybody else has noticed also. Yeah, and it's awkward as shit. And somehow Dax never picked up on it, which I don't believe for a fucking second. She's too busy nursing her sex wounds from Worf. Ooh. Hot. Uh, But no, they do this interesting thing where it's like, you know, Odo comes to her and says, you know, I was thinking of asking you out, but I won't because that'll be weird. And I kept thinking, like, the way Kira is responding, she's like, yeah, it makes sense for us to not have to deal with this for a while because, you know, war and shit. And for, like, a hot second, I'm watching the scene, like, and this is when they bang. Yeah, no? They're gonna make out any Just second. me? 
Damn it. I also could have seen it. It felt like, uh, you know, I've been thinking of asking you out. I've been waiting for this moment and I'm not going to do it. And then they embrace passionately. Yeah. And then, you know, I, I was totally reading that as a, as a yep. moment of them just both letting their guards down. But that's not what happened. I, I well, kind of wah. did love the idea, though, of like they both immediately relaxed when they were like, oh, God, we don't have to think about this for a bit. We can just be concerned about war. I'm so relieved. Yay, Which, war! For, for Kira, well, especially. Kira's comfort zone, for Yeah, sure. like, that has been her default state for so long. Oh, that's a very good point. Yeah. Yeah, what's really going to be interesting, though, is are they going to back. go back to oh. their, what they were doing during the occupation, right? Where with mm. You know, because Odo is oh, still, wow. I guess, the chief of security under Dukat now. Yep. And during the occupation, we've seen that you know, he 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 was somewhat of a collaborator. He's a bastard cop. And, you know, Kira, obviously, you know, I think she's already showing signs that she's going to be doing her her own private resistance to, to whatever's going on here. Yeah. Well, thank God she'll have Rom to help her out acting <laughs> oh, yeah. as a spy <laughs> in the bar. Well, Rom is officially a spy for Starfleet. Say that again, Chris? Rom officially is a spy for Starfleet. But he admits it the second someone asks. He's the brother. Spy. Listen, Quark kissed him on the back of his head. He's feeling especially close, close, close to. Wow, he is feeling especially close to Quark right now. That was very yeah, difficult. I don't know. Jesus. I hated that... Rom this whole episode long, though. Oh, so. same. Absolutely oh, really? I was, same. I, I, no, I was, everything no. he did, I was also, very opposed to. Also him being like, oh, I'm suddenly afraid of marriage. Fuck you. You're that, not. That, what, if we did, was... what if we took away the napkins of your dress? Then you'd be naked like a Ferengi woman. Shut up, Rom. Yeah, no, Rom. We already did this a couple episodes ago. It was stupid then. Let's not do Yeah, this. I hated the dress sequence. That, uh, bad, that bad. was fucking dumb. Because, again, it's been addressed, like you said. I did enjoy, though, him, like, somehow being all tense about marriage, but then also basically single-handedly coming up with the solution oh, to yeah, the that was kind of fun. mind problem. Like, again, it, it's He's an just, idiot savant. Yeah, he's a really good engineer. <laughs> I loved the scene between him and Quark in the little room where him and Quark had sort of a moment. And Quark, you know, it's telling that... You know, we've said before that Quark, although he tries to hide it, is also not great at the whole Ferengi thing. Because in reality, like, him allowing Rom to stay there, knowing full well what Rom is up to, is putting himself in danger. Yeah, but he'd throw Rom under the bus, I think. Yeah, but I mean, you know, that's not necessarily going to save him, you know? It's like, you know! I was going to say, if he knows, that's not necessarily going to help him. Yeah, like, I, I, you know... Their relationship is, is I think, really interesting. It is. Mm. I just can't fucking stand Rom. And the <laughs> other stupid thing he did was, you know, the second they get married, he's like, well, Lita, now you have to go away because I've decided you're leaving. I don't know. I'm fine. Bye, Lita. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not happy that Rom did that, but I am uh, she never glad, got to, have glad a to see her go. Eh. Well, I think it wasn't so much like I think she just assumed he was coming with her. I don't know. That, I always, that was yeah, the she point wanted, of... she, Her expectation was, we'll be together. We're married now. Yeah. And he made the decision by himself that that's not what's going to happen. Hate him. Yeah, that's some bullshit. I hadn't thought of yeah. it that way, but 
I was just overjoyed that she was leaving. Though I would like to know, like, did he watch Casablanca while drinking his root beer to get his little going away speech? Or was this like a chimpanzees accidentally writing Shakespeare type of situation? (laughs) No. Knowing Star Trek writers... Knowing them, they did it on purpose. No, no, no. I know they did it on purpose. I'm asking if Rom did it ah. on purpose. <laughs> I, did. I get you. <laughs> no, then no. Yes, I give the true. writers way more credit than that. I just, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm wondering if, like. I could totally picture him sitting there watching that movie, drinking his root beer, and really liking that line. Mm. Hmm. I just need to not say hill of beans. So, I seem to remember, maybe I'm totally misremembering this, but that Lita had. Uh, had a new job that she that she had her own well she was working like, at the gym jump gym job yeah we was saw that part her work. time maybe it was part time i, I thought while... she quit quarks at one I, point. no i think that's I while quarks was closed and she had to find a new job yeah that's while quarks was closed during ferengi love songs oh is that why is yeah. that why she had had a second job okay yeah, yeah i don't sticks. remember her quitting jump jump that's it yeah, and it's probably, let's be honest, probably way better money as a Dabo girl than as a Jumjastix yeah, dollar. Yeah, as long cause... as you can put up with all the sexism from your boss. Yeah, yeah. Well, she's had a lot of practice. But, you know, presumably you get, you know, happy, uh, like any croupier, you probably get tips and stuff. And if someone's done particularly well, they'll throw you a nice sizable tip. Yeah, but I can imagine also the clients getting, you know, handsy and shit. Mm. Mm. Yeah, drunk. Drunk people at casinos. Oh, God. Yeah, Beauregard plants with their hand puppets. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's true. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. 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 And I feel like the dress scene, I didn't like the dress scene either. And it no. seemed like that was more or less just a way for Zial to have importance, relevance in this episode. Mm. And I think the only reason she's even here is to let us know that. She still exists. I mean, yeah. And also to, to show what, what's going to happen to Garrick now. Yeah. Well, Which Garrick's I gone. forget. What's happening to Garrick now? Because so much happened. He, he left with Cisco. He left with, left with Cisco. Okay, right. you're right. Yeah. But Zial now Goes to is on Bajor, so presumably she'll come back, right? You know? Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, her dad, now that her dad's on the scene. Oh, that's true. That'll be interesting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, in their, that scene. Their little kiss was so gross. Yeah, I didn't like it. Yeah, in their and little he scene, looked like he didn't like it. Sorry, Ames. That's okay. No, in their their scene, uh, so Garrick starts telling a story about like, oh, I I once knew a, a a spy, a great spy who was exiled from his planet, and things turned out great for him. And Zeal's like, yeah, I know you're really great, and he's like, yeah, I am. <laughs> but they never he like was the story just about him? I expected there to be a twist, and it was actually like the Lion King or something, and it was about <laughs> Simba going and living with Timon and Pumbaa. Listen. The twist was Zial thought he was straight and kissed him. I was gonna say that no, was I was the, gonna twist. Say, the writers Perfect. just need to make us make sure that we were aware that Garrick had a had a raging case of the not a gaze. Yikes. Dude, because he makes this face while she's like right after she kisses him, he like blinks his eyes a shitload and looks nervous. I'm like, it seems to me he was just like, Nope, still gay. <laughs> I, I would argue that Garrick is bisexual. Only because years ago, years ago, not in our time, but in Showtime, there was the, I think the first Anabrantane episode, when he, like, was talking to Anabrant's maid or whatever, there was definitely a sense of, like, 
No. You two, we talked she, about it at the time. Yeah, but we she was way older than him. him. Yeah, that's like so? that's like his was nanny. the impression I got. You know? I don't think yeah, he was I think, into her. I think that woman that... was like either if not his if not his mother, then his like you know, his his wet nurse or something. Oh, I didn't Ex- think about her being mommy. Yes, because at the time it wasn't oh. established that he was an Aberrant's kid. Now I gotta go rewatch that scene. Yeah. You know. He's definitely I don't think Mila, I think, I think Julian, her name was Mila. Julian is definitely chaotic bisexual. Oh goodness. But yes. Garrick, I think, is just gay. And that's great. I love that about him. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if if they had made this show Today, oh yeah, it, it would he would have just been a gay character. There would be sex scenes, and like yeah, that would have been part be of the so reason fun. why he was so disdained among Cardassians. Because mm. I don't and, imagine Cardassians being very open. And that Probably would be not. the new reason why people hate it so much. They'd be like, "Oh, politically correct, Ugh, fucking assholes." Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, you, Garrett could be gay. Julian could be canonically, not just theoretically, bisexual. They definitely fuck. Uh, speaking be- of Garrick, though, we also get a a rare Odo Garrick scene, which are some of my favorite scenes because mm. the two of them are like great together whenever they're in a room together. Yeah. And I really wanted Odo to deputize him. <laughs> oh yeah, that scene. I was like, when were they even together? I totally forgot about that. You could deputize me. Mm-mm, not happening, Garrick. <laughs> I'm sure I'd make sooner yourself deputize Quark. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah, if only he shot Gal Dukat that time. Yeah, I like that. There's a good, you know, callback to that too, which you know, because I'd kind of have forgotten that scene. Same. So it was nice for it's like, oh yeah, that did happen. Yeah, and the and the idea that yeah, everyone will regret that. Yeah, mm. the whole station is gonna regret it. Yeah, fucking whole Alpha and probably Beta quadrants. Although we also hear this episode, well, it sounds like it might just have been a rumor that the Romulans are now, uh, you know, they, they a went off in pact? non-aggression pact. No, that's definitely true. Because yeah, they're actually, Well, they didn't show up, did they? I mean, uh, we didn't see and them. And if, 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 if the Dominion slash Cardassia are the Nazis, the Romulans are definitely the Soviet Union. So mm. it only makes sense. Well, yeah, well, that's the thing is I've... Um... Which goes back really to TOS, because I always said like the the way they were coded in TOS, like the Vulcans were the East Asian countries we were allied with, and the Romulans were the communist East Asian countries. Yeah. What were the Klingons? The Soviets. Yeah, they were in the TOS. They were they were yeah. Soviets. Yeah, by TNG, there's something else, but in TOS, they are straight up Russia. Huh. But yeah, no, they 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 because the thing is like Cisco hears it as a rumor says, get me Starfleet Intelligence. And then they're in the meeting and everyone's pissed. So presumably Starfleet yeah. Intelligence confirmed it. Oh, yeah, because we also learn like a whole bunch of other people are in this non- non-aggression pack. The Miradorn comes up, which is interesting. Who's that again? Oh, God. I think it was in Vortex. It was the people who wanted to kill that guy who had... There were, there were twins who wanted to kill the guy that had a sample of an Odo liquid. You see, I, oh, thought, okay. I thought Miradorn was the guy that played... Uh, Worf from the Mirror Universe. Son of a bitch. <laughs> that's that's good. I'm, yeah, no, that's good. God damn it. And the Tholians. Yeah, they're around. Haven't heard about them in a while. Mirror What, what a tangled web they weave. <laughs> that was... Yeah. 
That was good. I, yeah. I'm not gonna lie. We've got some good Michael Dorn in this episode. Like I like the yeah. episode, not episode, the scene. God damn it. Uh, the scene where Jadzia kind of quasi proposes to him, or really just responds to his proposal. She she pre accepts his proposal. Well, he has proposed before. Well, that's has true. he proposed, or has he just gone? You should marry me. I, I don't know. I can't. I hunt, knowing Worf, I one hundred percent guarantee every time after they plow, he starts <laughs> crying and saying that they need to speak the words or whatever. <laughs> yes, that. <laughs> What the hell was that a sound? Seal. A seal got in the there's house. A, there's a seagull mm. in Chris's throat. <laughs> it's interesting, though, because I feel like in a way it does kind of... Like, even though knowing full well, yes, Jake, that is probably exactly what happens. In a weird way, they've kind of done it so that it's sort of her proposal in a way. It's interesting. Yeah. Especially in light of, again, everything with Lita and Rom being oh, so, like, gross. old school sexist. Like, this being sort of... Not fully turned on its head, but definitely, like, turned a bit. Yeah, we need a better wedding in the show, because so far the weddings we've got have either been ones that have been broken up by Romulan attacks, mm-hmm. Miles and Keiko. Luoxana, several times. Yep, yep. All well, of the times Luoxana quasi got married. And now alert, this Romulan they, there is the, the, the wedding episode is fantastic. Oh, I look forward to it. I, I know her dress ends up being gorgeous, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, Terry Farrell is fucking stunning, so glad they do it upright for her. Oh, yeah. There okay. was so much that happened in this episode. There's a lot. There's a lot. Yeah. It is. A, it's a very, very full episode. But the thing is, is like, you know how a lot of the time we have these episodes where too much shit happens and you just feel like it doesn't work? I felt like this episode was great. Yeah. I didn't yeah. feel like, I mean, again, like. Could I do without Rom and Lita entirely? Always. Always. 100%. I have come to like like Rom too much. I like... Yeah, you've come to to sympathize with Rom too much is what it is, Chris. The writers fuck him on occasion, but overall, I have really enjoyed his arc. You know, I like... Again, because I... Again, I've said it before, like, I feel like his and his son's arcs are, to a certain extent, mirrors of each other, and I just love it. They've done some good things with the character, but the fact that he still does a lot of, like, awful shit. Yes, I, I mean, wish they'd I stop. I, I just will not get on board. You're never going to get me. I wish they would, like, just let him be like, yeah, no, I'm not a Ferengi. Because he isn't. Yeah. These stupid relapses. Like, I, I feel like I was thinking, uh, I feel like half the reason for the fucking wedding dress scene was just because Rick Berman wanted that picture of that woman. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, you know, like, like, let's be real. If it wasn't for horny men in the audience, it should have been a Ferengi woman in the picture, not a human. But then she'd be naked, and we can't show that on TV. Well, it was also, no, because the the picture was something that Garrick had given him as, like, here's a dress I can order. His catalog. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure the models in the catalog are Bajoran or human. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, I'm just going to... Blame it on Rick Berman's oh, boner. Oh, yeah, 100%. That's probably, probably right. But yeah, like, looking up hate his boner. and segueing into tops and bottoms, like, I, like, you know, this one wasn't m- one of my tops, but I know on IMDb, this episode called Arms is, like, the second or third best of the season in terms of their ratings. Of the like, season? Like, the thing is... Yeah, of this season. I, I think it's it's, it's interesting, because like, I was thinking about that, like, it's a really great episode. But you don't necessarily say it's a top individual because it kind of because it can't literally cannot stand on its own. No, it's a setup. 
you know, I mean, that's that's going to be the hard part going forward. You know, I'm sure even some of our own tops and bottoms don't necessarily stand on their own. But uh, I go oh, because I know what Chris's tops are. I I do dread times arrow. Like <laughs> I kind of wonder if we're just going to have to completely drop the whole top and bottom thing when we get to new track. Just oh, we like, are. There's no it's way. So serialized. There are like, no episodes. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like in this show, even when. You, even though it is serialized, it's, oh, they're too it's short. Like, the seasons are so short. Yeah, um, you know, it's the arc isn't. I don't know. It, it's it's sort of pseudo serialized because yeah. each episode does still have a self contained story. That's true. Yes, that it's telling. It's just part of a bigger story. Yeah, yeah. there's yeah. always just too much going on. Yeah. Whereas yeah, like, like Picard and Discovery are just eight hour movies. Yeah, like the closest thing I can think of to a standalone episode from Discovery is like, and even this doesn't stand fully on its own, but Mud and his like little time travel shenanigans in that one episode. Yeah. I was going to say, though, there's the one episode, I think it was season two, where they go to that planet with the church. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. One. yeah. Yeah, it's good. That, that was fairly self contained, although it was it does like still an s- intro to a larger plot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, that's what I mean. Like th- th- those are gonna be. Yeah, we just will not be able to. No, we can we can find a new a new segment that we do at the end of seasons. That's like, so what was everyone's favorite scene? <laughs> what Every- was everyone's favorite scene with Grudge? All of them. Every yes. scene with Grudge. What? Yes. What crying face did uh, Michael Burnham make <laughs> that you liked the best? This one. Uh, All of them. I do like. I, I, like she does cry so well. Like yeah. I get why I feel like they she do had it. to have been cast in part because her crying face is is very Well, she's got she's got happy good. crying, she's got ugly crying. Season 1 Burnham didn't cry that much. This might just be a hidden talent that they caught on to as they went. <laughs> they saw her cry once they're like, "Oh shit." But let's, I do Let's structure every future episode around this. I do feel like they lean on it a little too heavily. Let the poor woman. She has range. Let her use it. Not going to happen. I was also joking to Jake, and I don't know if this might be a terrible idea or a great idea. If and when, because I might fucking blow up in the meantime, we hit Lower Decks. Oh, no. Instead of doing two episodes of Lower Decks or whatever, we should do an episode of Lower Decks and an episode of Futurama as a palate cleanser. (laughs) (laughs) It could work. Anyway. Anyway. Anywho. That's the future. We are in the present. We're in the present talking about the past. Who wants to go first? Not me. Not Caitlin. We doing tops or bottoms first? Bottoms then tops? Bottoms. That's usually what we do. If I go first, I'm starting with tops. Well, then I'll go first and start with (laughs) bottoms. All right. So my bottoms, probably, I don't know. I'm assuming that there's going to be a fair amount of agreement on the bottoms. I don't know. know. But but I, I, because I don't know about you guys, but I found that Choosing bottoms was not that hard this season, no, they were but old. choosing tops was damn near impossible. Because I kept I being like, oh, I want to put this on the top. Oh, but this one, you know. Yeah, like, we're not so talking I, tops yet, Jake. <laughs> I will say that I actually, like, when I was doing my list, there were two that immediately stood out to me as bad. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, all right, so now what joins them? Like, there yeah. were a few that were like, eh, like, I'm going to say, of my three, what, my number three bottom is kind of just like yes mm. no sure. all mine are bad 
Yeah, my, I, I think mine are bad. And well, uh, what and are they? We'll then, see. Jay? We'll, we'll see if you agree. So I think first and foremost, let he who is without sin. That is the Risa episode yep. mm-hmm. with uh, stupid Worf being yep. stupid and Jadzia and Julian and those fucking and Westboro Baptist Church yep, sons the of fucking, bitches. Yep, um, and we don't even God get to hates s- Horgon people. We don't even get to see Worf in the fucking gold speedo after oh, all that. Seriously, yeah. what a waste. Well, they'd what have to put the ridges tease. on his back again, and they don't want, didn't want to yeah. do that. And, and, and trying to they could have just showed us from the front. <laughs> double bulging. You know? That's what no! I was thinking too. Yeah. Do you think he dresses do you think left, Klingon he dresses underwear? You know, like and right. <laughs> so, like men's underwear usually has you yeah, know like a, a, the a cod piece uh, sort of cut out on it. I wonder if Klingon underwear has a double. He's like that on the front. No. Do you dress to the left or the right? Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anyway, so that's that's bottom of the bottom. Absolutely. Whoa. Power bottom. <laughs> a simple investigation. Mm-hmm. Is on my oh. That's Odo Odo with that woman. Um yep. bad noir. Oh. Yeah, Poorly done right. noir. Uh, man, all three of mine turn out to be romance plots. <laughs> they don't often um, get romance right. Yeah, it's true. So then if uh if that didn't tip you off, my third bottom is Ferengi love songs. <gasps> but you love Ferengi episodes, Jake. I don't love Ferengi. Ep- I like one it's, Ferengi episode. It's God damn episodes. it! <laughs> he likes. I like. I will Ferengi find episodes. the clip. I will re-listen to our whole fucking show until I find the clip that is Jake saying, "Quote." Ferengi episodes are some of my favorite episodes. Uh, I guarantee it was the first one because the ooh girl those whips. <laughs> oh man, I mean, I'm sure I've said something whips. like that before. I love before. these motherfucking Ferengi episodes, girl. I'm sure I've said something like that before, but I was probably thinking Trump? at the time of the one episode that I really like that's a Ferengi episode, and I f- had blocked Von out Nagus. all of these <laughs> shitty ones. So the one with the the whips. Uh, yeah, that's, that's the, the one. best one. Okay, great. <laughs> Who's next? Here, I'll go next. Oh, oh, did you want to go next? No, oh, hang this on. Was Jake trying is... to volunteer me. I don't. I'm care. Ferenging. Jake is oh, Ferenging. God. Doing the Ferengue. <laughs> oh my I'll go, God! I'll go because I have a very. We should do a list. dance video. God damn oh, it! The Ferengue. Oh, the Ferengue. <laughs> it looks oh, like no. Thriller. <laughs> it's like Thriller, but then you whip. You do. <laughs> First you whip, whip. then you Ferengue. This is, this is, Quick, Abe, whip. This is an Stop audio medium. It doesn't work. Uh, here we go, because my, my list is the exact same as Jake's, but in a slightly different order. Woo! Number three, a simple investigation. Bad Woo! noir, bad Odo, bad mostly everything. Number two, let he use without sin. Ruined fucking Worf as a character and was pointless as fuck. Mm-hmm. And the worst of the season, and the worst that we've had in a while, I think... Ferengi love songs, a fucking cartoon show. Well, check, okay. check, and check. Can't disagree with any of those things. I just realized that my bottom three should have been whichever episodes Worf mentions Alexander, because it happens twice, and then <laughs> one that's actually really bad. So I had number one, Let He Who Is Without Sin. Number two, Ferengi love songs. And I did number three, The Assignment. Okay, so yeah. Really just found it really boring. It's pretty boring. That was down low for me. To me, like, a, a, a bad episode that's at least kind of interesting, like Odo's was kind of interesting, even though it was bad, that's better than bad and just fucking boring as shit. So that's where I'm at. I'm surprised, because I thought you liked Ferengi love songs, Caitlin. 
I've come, I, well, I mean, that's the thing though, is like, I think I even liked Let He Who Is Without Sin. It was still a terrible episode. Okay. Like, yeah. I, okay. I feel like, I feel like I. You could I enjoy can, bad things, but they're still bad. Oh my God. I enjoy so many bad things. <laughs> Have I mentioned how frequently I listen to this podcast? <laughs> Ooh, I mean, uh, <laughs> I love you. I love it so much. I love you too. Okay. Go ahead, Chris. Uh, so my bottom three from least bad to bad, most bad. And again, like I said, my third is like a, eh. What is um, it? Things passed. Is that the one where that? we see Odo be a bad cop? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The one where they have the hallucination. Because I like feel the, yeah. like they didn't commit to like Odo being a bad cop enough. I agree with that. That makes sense. Because it kind of, it's less that he was actively like a conspirator in more... I just didn't feel like doing my job that day. Mm. So I really feel like they kind of fucked. They, they, they waffled so badly that it really didn't affect my opinion of him much. You can't really say waffle, waffle without me thinking waffle stomp. <laughs> he really waffle stomped that episode. Oh my God. I was telling somebody about five guys and they, uh, they finished it for me. They were like, Oh, five guys, one cup. I was like, nailed it. Okay. Ooh, now I want five. guys. Next. The Darkness and the Light. Oh. Which one was that? Okay. The, the one where some mysterious figure was taking out all of Kira's friends. Yeah. Yeah, oh, and Pharrell and Pharrell's friend die. Oh, yeah, they, the Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, there. they die yeah. shittily off screen and like the ultimate reveal is like, it's me. And you're like, who are you? Because it's literally no one. <laughs> Kira's like, for you, it was the day that I destroyed your village. Yeah. For me, it, it was, was Tuesday. Tuesday. And he was like... <laughs> um, like, it was just like such an unsatisfying villain. A, a really shitty waste of, like, her friends. It's like... And I guess that's realistic yeah, in a way, but it it's is. like, it's What's television. Like, that's what sucks about Star Trek. They kill really great, ep- like, uh, really great characters on really shit episodes. Yeah. I'm angry about Sarek dying all over mm. again now. Yep. You know, it was just like, oh, really? And I think we also talked about that was one where it like felt like Kira had kind of regressed a little. And yeah. It was yeah. just not good. And surprising no one, let he who was without sin. Yeah. Uh, just, just fucking up war for no good reason. No consequences for it. Like, terrible episode. The worst yeah. of the season Jadzia should have broken up with him there. Or at least kicked him in the dick a little. Like, Which is, dick? The left whichever left. one is more sensitive. Is let he who is without sin? Did we already say is that is that the lowest rated episode or? Yeah, I believe um, it is. Yeah, it's yeah, like okay. five point something. I was literally just looking at it. Uh, hold on, five point six. Yeah, and so I it think the like, next lowest is like seven, uh, six point seven. Yeah, and that's probably Alamarine or something. No, no, no. Sorry, or, this season. I mean, six point oh, seven season, was a simple investigation. Yeah, yeah. Oh. No, I'm just talking about. All right, well, shall there, we go wait, for the... Wait, did you told us all three of yours? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Shall we go for the top? So who's next then? So it's Jake? Just, yeah, go back in the order we did before. So these these are in no particular order, I all guess. All right, good. This was a lot harder. It was. This was a lot harder. because There, there were so, many, so many candidates. Yeah, because basically what it came down to for me... So there were episodes that maybe I liked elements of them better than ones that made it onto my top, but... So many, I feel like so many great episodes this season kind of got bogged down in mediocre B plots. I had the mm. same fucking problem. I kept um, having ones that it's like, oh, I like this one. What was the B plot? Oh, fucking garbage that dra- dragged the rest of the episode down. Yeah. yeah. So I just chose three that didn't have B plots. There we go. 
And they are, again, in no particular order. Although, no, this one's the best. Children of Time. Uh, okay. The, the Ship. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And Apocalypse Rising. Oh, neat. Which was the season opener where they okay, yep. kill, kill Martok. Kill Martok 1.0. Yeah. <laughs> well, technically, that's Martok 2.0 because real Martok true. came fair, first. Fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Several Martoks in. Going to we also don't know how many changeling Martoks there have been. That is true. Many. I I can guarantee you there's still one out there right now that doesn't know he's been killed. <laughs> but yeah, no, I had the same problem with, with um my tops list for this season because there were there were like there were two that I knew, like these two are in the top. Mm-hmm. Then there was a, a a couple that like were like I like these, but would I put these in the top or do are or are they just good episodes? I was very, very close to saying looking for Parmok in all the right, right places, mm. but it had that really shitty fucking B-plot in which, oh no, Miles and Kira might like each other. Oh and god, I, that was I, that episode? And oh. I cannot yes. put that episode yep. in my in my favorites now. Yeah, god, I forgot that went with that episode. Yeah, like there were a whole bunch. Check yes in this show. There were so many that were good, except then you you think, "Oh right, but the but then also in that episode this stupid thing happened, like the begotten, the one where we where Odo has yep. a little baby changeling." And that was but also the also, birth episode. Say again? That was also the birth episode. Yeah, but also sh- not Shakar. No, yeah, Shakar. Yeah, Shakar. Yeah, Shitcar. Shitcar. Shitcar's here being a fucking wet blanket about it. It's like damn it. They can't yeah. balance episodes this season. I actually yeah. had The Begotten on my list, and I swapped it out when I remembered that it had that on it. Yeah. Yep. I was also considering The Begotten for a while. Like, it's got such such a great A plot, but then I feel like, you know, and that one with, like, Blaze of Glory had a shitty B plot. There were a bunch of shitty B plots that were going around. Definitely. Um, what was the B plot in Blaze of Glory? Was that where, like, Nog, Nog wanted Nog respect? And, yeah, Nog and Klingons don't get along. Yeah. yeah. At least that was short. Yeah, but it was still... Kind of like Nog. <laughs> oh. Uh, I love Nog. Yeah, See, so I've, I, have dis- I, have, I have come to love Nog. Chris has come to love Rom. Oh, no, I love Nog, too. I am Nog's the one the best. who is correct. Yeah, I agree with Kate. I just also love Rom. I know. No, I'm, Nog's, Nog's I'm arc saying, is fucking I, fantastic. I came along... I came around for Nog. I have not come around for Rom. That's you fair. I have come around for Rom. You always like Nog. Fine. Right. Anyway. Anyway. Sorry, so my, my actual top three that I ended up going with Ended up surprising me a little bit because I kept like looking at one episode and being like, I like you. I don't know if I want you in my top three because mm. there's all these other episodes, but I can't see picking any of them either. Yeah. The episode's so, like, if you like me, like me, check yes. Yes, yes. Like Shakar, that fucking exactly. prick. <laughs> so my third ended up like totally surprising me because, again, I wanted it to be looking for Parmok in all the right places or wrong places. All the places. But it ended up being in the cards. Oh, it's such a good episode. And I said, what are you doing here? I like you, but I really shouldn't. But I like you. What is that one again? That's uh, the baseball card one. Oh, yeah, that was a cute episode. It's so earnest. Yeah, and it's that Jake Sisko is fabulous in it. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have a stupid B-plot. True. So it got extra points for that. Yeah, the B-plot's actually good in that one. Well, they dovetailed. Yeah. Yeah. Another great episode... Featuring Jake Sisko with a great B-plot that dovetailed uh, is my number two, Nor the Battle to the Strong, mm-hmm. which I fucking love. That's a great a episode. Mm-hmm. Agreed, yeah. I, that, was, that was in consideration for me, yeah, too. that's a really good one. And my number one, uh, I'm going to agree with Jake, is Children of Time, an absolutely 
fascinating story of time travel. Yeah, yeah. All good choices. I'm about to ruin everyone's thing. But not before I do. Oh, right. Chris is just going to pick uh, Time Zero again. Yep. Time Zero, three times. I said, in no particular order, Children of Time, because it was really good. Nor the Battle to the Strong, because I loved it, loved it, loved it. And uh, I said, by Inferno's Light. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah. Because I, I was... trying to think if there was a way to pick between that and Purgatory Rising. Well, I honestly don't remember, like, which was which, but this one had the... <laughs> Had the better rating by point one, <laughs> so I said, "Okay, that's the better one." But like, just that whole that whole two parter, like, just had me going, "What? Yeah, what? Yeah. I sounded like fucking Shia LaBeouf for Christ's sakes." So, yeah. or David Tennant at the yeah. end of a season of Doctor. Oh Who. yeah, that's true too. Or uh, Macklemore. Mm. Anyway, no, so that's a good choice. I, Thank you. I had a very hard time. A lot of what you guys said were definitely in consideration for me. But you have no overlap. Time's arrow. Fuck, I don't think I do. Whoa! <laughs> Let's hear it. Well, perhaps surprising no one, Ferengi Love Songs. Ew. I don't like Chris. I oh, loved that episode. I, it made me so happy. I think I, I expected more from you. It was I just do. Fun. I always expect more from Chris. I mean, it can still be fun, but one of the top three really I really fun. enjoyed it, yeah. All right. Everyone's Chris just really enjoyed how upset it made me, I think. Oh, no, I genuinely loved it just on watching. I remember thinking, like, when it was over, it's like, this might make my tops and everyone's going to kill me. Oh, God. Yeah, I'm going to. I've already sent you, like, one of those re replicating um, mines in space. There we go. Well, just be careful because she lives with me, so. What? Send one of those little floaty things from... Um, Things past that can choose a specific target. Oh, yeah. Yeah, make it smash through his window. Yeah. Leave me alone. Blaze of Glory. Hey. Because I really, I, I was torn. I was like, all right, I'm not going to put both Eddington episodes on there, which was the better <laughs> one. And it's Blaze of Glory because it just had more time with Cisco and Eddington together. They were cute. This is the second one, right? Not, yeah, not it's where he dies. Not Les Mis. Yeah, not Les Mis. Let's talk of Javert. And again, like, the two of them together so much antagonizing each other was just too good. Yeah, they were good. But I did hate um, the big plot. Oh, no, wait. I'm sorry. That's my number one. What? So it's Ferengi Love Songs. My number two is Trials and Tribulations. Mm. Because it's Trials and Tribulations and it's fun. Yeah, I knew you would. And then Blaze of Glory. You know, the thing that is, is, I like... I like list. Trials and Tribulations, but it was never anywhere near my top list. Oh, yeah, no, I adore that episode. Yeah, see, I, I saw that one episode. as being kind just... of, um, you know, it's a novelty episode, right? Yeah. On its Which, own, you know, and it's, it's not fine. Great. It's enjoyable to watch. Wow. Well, real nice. You made Ames do twice as much work now. Sorry, Ames. That's fine. I'll, I'm, it, I'm, I am going to snark you in the, in the Tumblr post when it goes Oh, up. I know. I'm sure this is like... The worst I've done since I picked Time's Arrow Part 1. See, Time's Arrow Part 1, I could at least say Data is kind of fun. The costuming mm -hmm. was all great. And it's the I first don't appearance forget of Samuel Clemens! I've already tried to forget Samuel oh, Clemens. And, and, and it is the first appearance of Mark Alemo in Star Trek. Oh, well, in that No, case. it's not. Wait, was, that, that was, bef was that before the one with uh, Captain Fuckface? 
Captain Fuckface. Great, the, the one where he appears as the Cardassian, but... Oh! Uh, it's, I believe it's after that, but it's also well after when we see him as a Romulan oh, in the yeah. neutral zone. Oh, yeah, I forgot he was a Romulan That's right, once. he was in neutral zone. All right, but hey, it's not got Marco Lemo in it either way. That's oh, okay. True. It's got him as a as an old West gambler. So yes, which works. is kind of great. But yeah, so, no, yeah, Ferengi love songs. I can't find anything to like about Chris. Oh, see, yeah, no, I, I, I loved it. it, it, it had, the action I, figures were fun. The action figures were fun. I'm always fascinated by these glimpses of the absolute nightmare that is the Ferengi society and trying to make sense of it. That is what the writers have shot themselves in the foot with over and over and over again. Yep. Brunt was Brunt was good. Brunt's always He's very good. diabolical, which I like about Brunt. And <laughs> yeah, Caitlin's new movie trying to be I charitable. don't like. Yeah, well, I just don't like the. New, I did I like. Just don't like the new movie. I did I like original movie better. Uh, it is a shame she left. Oh, I noticed I mean, I that. Uh, I noticed her, that. Um, Rom told uh, referred to Lita as uh, as Nog's Moogie. That's weird. No, I think Nog called her Moogie. No, he just called her Moog. I don't think he actually called her Moogie. Oh, I think there I was think... the scene where, where I thought I thought there was a moment where where Rom was like, "Oh no, take your Moogie to the to the to the the ship or whatever." Oh, I missed he, that. He might have, but yeah, but but yeah, Rom. I mean, Nog. Jesus, Nog, Nog did it first. Moog. He he said hi, Moog or whatever, mm. which was cute. Apparently, that just means mother. Yeah, it's not. Then it's why not a term isn't of endearment. it translating? Yeah, well, that's the oldest Star Trek issue in the book, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, something else I forgot to mention when we were talking about the episode, and I did want to get this in there. Yeah. Totally. And that is, they have these self-replicating minds. Mm-hmm. The self-replicating minds have cloaking devices. Yeah. So apparently the Federation has no problem. They know exactly <laughs> how to make cloaking devices. Like, there's no... Yeah. It's not a technology yeah. issue. No. And They, they just, just said they wouldn't put them on ships. And uh, but they'll put them on anything else. Yeah. Yep. Man, the captain of the Pegasus, whose name is lost. Not John, John Locke. Locke. God damn it! I forgot. I've forgotten his name. Yeah, we know uh, who you mean though. He's not Maxwell. It's the other crazy dude. Space. Well, again, like Pressman, I said, the, Admiral Pressman. Pressman. Thank you. The treaty just says they can't use them on starships. Psst. These are mines. Also, fuck the Romulans. They signed a non-aggression pact with the Dominion. Yeah, that's true. I guess, yeah, if you sign a non-aggression pact with someone that you're at war with, the, someone the Federation's at war with, I feel like that kind of calls into question any prior agreements. Yeah. Hmm. Well, this has been fun. Has it? This is why we should have started with tops. God damn it, Chris. <laughs> Why you would have been then you would have been in a bad mood for, for the whole episode. the rest of the show. The it's whole a good episode, thing that yeah. Chris went last. Yeah, really. And we did tops last because. Uh, yeah. No, but then I could be. Then we could just end it shitting on let he who is without sin. That's true. That yeah. is a fucking terrible episode. Pretty bad. Again, like it's even not a. It's like it's not the worst episode I've ever seen. It's just that it like undoes any good warfy stuff that I was liking. It just fucks it everything up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like question Jadzia's taste that episode. Definitely. Truth. Definitely. But again, did. she did get to see him in that gold speedo. True. Didn't, so. True. Is well, it worse than Threshold? Probably not. We haven't gotten there yet. No, I know. I don't hate Threshold. Really? I haven't seen it in years. I just know people say it's fucking terrible. Yeah. I mean, I also didn't hate 
what is it, Alamarine, uh, Move Along Home. That wasn't as bad as people say it is. It's not great, but it's meh. Anyway, sorry. Well, all that being said, we will be we will return next week and discuss the season six opener and the second episode, uh, a time to stand and rocks and shoals. Um, if you like what you heard and you want to hear more, either you want to check out next week or you want to look at the two hundred and six episodes plus ten forwards that have come before, you can check us out on. SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on Facebook by searching for a star to steer her by, or on Tumblr and Twitter as SSHB Podcast, or at SSHBpodcast.com, where you can check out cool articles we've written about Wesley's awful sweaters and uh, the worst admirals in the Starfleets. And, uh, yeah, we need more content. Ship- Ship aesthetics, yeah, but also do. fan fictions. Yeah, and also the the, the list of uh, the episodes we mentioned today will be up. Yep. yep. Yep, tops and bottoms for this season and every season before it. This might be Ames' most acerbic rundown yet, so look forward to that. I've been yeah. very polite in those blog posts. No, I know, but I feel like this is the one where you're going to give up. Yep, She's just... I think I already have. It's going to make a voodoo doll of you. Stick it on the site. People pin the tail on the Chris. All right. How were there not better episodes? God. Ah, Okay, we're done. Well, Ames has been uh, exacerbated. I have been Caitlin. No, exasperated, not exacerbated. (laughs) Fuck, I fucked up my own stupid joke. Uh, You want to start your joke again? (laughs) Nope. This has been Caitlin. This has been Jake. This has been Chris. Never again. Never again will this be Ames. Exasperated. And hey, (laughs) rule of acquisition 190. Hear all, trust none. Superman's a power bottom. Speaking of bottoms, <laughs> tops and bottoms. <laughs> oh, hang on. Let me see if I had anything else I wanted to Good say. Good segue. <laughs> Does that mean Batman's a top? Uh, hello. Yes, and or <laughs> duh. Batman is totally a switch. All right, all right, all right. Ames, what were you going to, what, did you have anything else I'm for not us sure. 